Ignite your curiosity with Austin next. We're watching Austin transform from a thriving ecosystem into a global superstar. With our host, Jason Scharf, we aspire to better comprehend the true nature of innovation. Together, we will uncover what makes a successful ecosystem and navigate the technologies shaping our future. Now let's dive into what's next. Talent remains a hot topic in every one of our discussions. Do we have enough workers? Do we have the right skill sets? How are we positioned for the future needs of the region and its sectors? Not every new job in our growing ecosystem is the classic white collar tech worker. We have demand for high-end manufacturing workers, more frontline healthcare staff, and other more stereotypical blue collar jobs. Migration is one method to pull in that talent. The other is to develop our own homegrown labor force. Today, we speak with Garrett Groves, Vice Chancellor of Strategic Initiatives at the Austin Community College District, and how they are building this talent pipeline for the region. Garrett joined ACC in February 2018 and leads the college's efforts to identify emerging labor market needs, evaluate opportunities for industry collaboration, and build strategic partnerships with local community partners. Before joining ACC, Garrett directed the Economic Opportunity Program at Every Texan, where he led a team of policy analysts working to increase educational attainment and ensure economic prosperity for all Texans. He also served as a scholar in residence at the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas, studying workforce practices and consumer credit conditions in the state. Preceding his work at Every Texan, Garrett served at the National Governors Association and the U.S. Department of Labor, working with state and local leaders on workforce, post-secondary education, and economic development policy. Garrett has a master's degree from the LBJ School of Public Affairs at the University of Texas in Austin and a bachelor's degree from the University of Denver. He's currently a PhD candidate in the Higher Education Leadership Program at the University of Texas in Austin. Garrett, welcome to the Austin Next Podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I want to start out with a simple question. Can you describe the talent situation here in Central Texas? Uh, the talent situation is incredibly robust and strong unless you're one of our many large employers coming to town and looking a couple years forward, in which case you're, you're hopeful that uh, all of the robust pieces of Austin continue and you've got a, a robust labor market going forward. Are there particular skills and talent pools that our region excels in today? Yeah, I think I would break that down a little bit to look at the labor markets are an exchange and they have a balance. So we have really strong labor markets where we have really strong industries, right? So semiconductor has always been a strong area. IT, um, we have strong healthcare. We have really good, robust areas. But when anytime you bring a large number of new employers looking for new jobs, you're going to shock that system. So the strengths now we build on. So everything that we've done in the past in those areas, we need to continue to build on and grow. Um, but I'd call those strengths. There's a couple other areas where I'd say we need to build out more. So I might choose IT to say we have really strong top level executive talent, engineering, skilled talent, programming talent. But as we build that pipeline uh, towards more of the entry level, we could be more robust in that way. What other areas do we have gaps in that we have to address? I think we've got the multifold shock of the, the pandemic, certainly, um, but also just a dynamically growing city. And so you kind of have to take those by industries. Right. And so we're seeing shocks across the healthcare system, um, a lot of retirement, a lot of changes, lots of shifts. So we're working very closely with our healthcare partners a lot on some of the starting out entry level jobs, patient care tech, medical assistance, a lot of those areas building up into the nursing field. Same thing with teachers and education. That whole field is feeling a, quite a shock about what that field will look like. Lots of our school districts are worried about teachers. Um, moving into IT, we've always had strong IT and recruitment, but a lot of our companies are asking now more and more about building their own. 
What does that look like? Diversified talent pools. So that's an area we could do and will do a lot more in. And then manufacturing, as we all know, is, is now newly looking for just about anyone they can find and building training programs to, to bring individuals into that market. So every one of those is feeling some level of urgency to, to grow and build. I think we've talked about uh, the other areas uh, in different podcasts, but I do want to focus in on manufacturing a bit. Talk to us about what ACC is doing in the manufacturing space. Yeah, I'm often surprised still that so many individuals think of manufacturing in the old sort of putting together an automobile in a, in a dirty manufacturing floor or some other sort of work like that. Manufacturing now very much is advanced. It's, it's automated robotics. It's, it's incredible work. Uh, it oftentimes pays incredibly well uh, for individuals that get those skills and the technical pieces that we train. So we are fortunate here at Austin Community College because we help the semiconductor industry build some fairly sophisticated automated methods for doing that work. And that was about 20 years ago. And so now the companies coming to town, including Tesla, come to us and realize that we've got pretty robust training programs and we've got a good talent pool and a good base there. And so we are working now to just grow those pipelines and that ability. I'm happy to talk later about specific examples, but um, that's work that we're very proud of. We Looking forward and, and taking the, um, the next couple of years, we're looking at really a balance of talent migration and, and growing talent ourselves. And that's fundamentally based on population. How do you see the, the balance between the two and where do we go over these next couple of years? Is that balance going to shift? Are we going to be looking more at homegrown, especially in the high-skilled blue-collar kind of jobs? Yeah, I would, I would expect like many of us are starting, just as your question implies, every year we will need to have more reliance on homegrown local talent pools. Some of that is just size. We can't continue to recruit as many people every year just because of the size of what the central Texas economy has become. Um, but a big part of that too is the this the need for one, we're growing a lot of middle skill, skilled talent areas. So what Tesla needs, what Samsung will need, what a lot of these companies need, even our IT partners need talent that's not always engineered graduate level talent, but talent that needs a different set of skills where it's harder to ask someone to move across the country to come work for a job that's not paying $160,000 a year. But we have to build those pathways for individuals to move up in career pathways. And you don't build these sorts of training, earn and learn pathways by in-migration. Um, so we are going to have to get more robust. I think the last thing I would say is Another way I'd word your question, Austin has always had a really strong talent pool. We have phenomenal education resources. We have the highest educational attainment across the state. Um, even what ACC has been able to do is to grow that talent pool. It's a general sort of supply strategy. That's not going to be sufficient forever. And certainly we're seeing that already now. More and more of our industries need focused talent pipelines um, because you can't get a good job anymore and pay for a family on a high school diploma only. More and more of us need to not only go get post-secondary education, but keep coming back for upskilling, for reskilling, for getting more talents and abilities. You need a local education system to do that. And that system has to be aligned with your industries. So you only do that locally. It's really difficult to do that with an in-migration strategy. It's an interesting thing is the definition of local, I think, is starting to change, right? So, you know, it's, it's the Austin Community College, but you know, as we saw, you know, at, at the time we're recording the recently, you know, the announcement of Samsung going to Taylor, you see, you know, up in Round Rock, Leander, like, you know, Bastrop, 
they continue to grow. And so the, the region itself and where the jobs are, are going. And at the same time, I, you know, read an article, you know, a few days ago, which is probably the 50th article I've read about, you know, the Austin San Antonio region is starting to become more and more interconnected. And we're going to, you know, you're going to start being the equivalent of DFW soon. So how do you see what the actual region is and what local is and how ACC fits that? Unfortunately, ACC, our service area is the size of Connecticut. So we serve all five counties. This is our region in which we're able to maneuver and do a lot of work across that area, which is really helpful because as you were implying, our companies don't care where Travis County ends or where the city of Austin ends. You know, once you're here, you need a labor market. And where it comes from is really a question of affordability, transportation, where individuals are living and how long it gets to work, which is also why I imagine we'll get into remote work and how that is changing. Um, but I think we're all hearing more and more. We all expect Austin to be one of the great global cities of the 21st century, which is a reminder we're still at the, year, the, front, the first innings of the 21st century. And any major metro area is talking about themselves the way you just said. It's growing into outlying areas and becoming a much larger metro region with inter interesting dynamics. And companies are locating farther out and providing that sort of ability to, to live closer to work with an affordable cost. And that's something Austin's growing so fast to try to figure out those balances are going to create some real growing pains and real questions about who has access to these jobs um, for childcare, for transportation, for access to them, for the education that's needed. Um, these are things that uh, companies need us to solve so that they can continue to grow at the pace that they expect to come into Austin and Central Texas. So, I mean, let's take a step back and, and up for a second. Um, you know, we're talking about, you know, from a regional perspective where ACC fits, but just where do you see ACC in terms of just our maturing innovation ecosystem? Yeah, so I, I often get a chance to tell most uh, companies that come to visit that we're not your normal community college. Most of our companies coming from other parts of the country, we've really benefited from being in Austin. We uh, many don't know we have almost as many students as the University of Texas at Austin. We have 40,000 students a year, another 15,000 students that will train in other ways outside of our, our degree programs and 11 campuses. Um, so we're broad and we have a lot of pieces there. And another element of that is we have innovation incubators that are industry focused to try to help these industries grow. Our first was a bioscience incubator providing wet lab space for that industry. There's a, there's a niche that we realized we could help fill with grants from the state to help individuals with great ideas in this biospace where you don't have access to scale capital intensive companies where we can provide some wet lab space at very low cost to test those ideas and then grow and help build what is becoming a pretty strong industry here in Central Texas. Did the same thing next with fashion. Um, while fashion is something that lives on the coast, we're seeing a growing need for that here in Austin. Um, but I'm also interested in how fashion connects with uh, smart fabrics, with bioscience, with a lot of these other aspects that is what is fashion's becoming. Um, and then our third is in manufacturing. So rapid prototyping, similar to bioscience, if you need to 3D print and, and scale and build different um, fabrics or production or materials, that's something we can do at ACC. So we're incubating a number of, of entrepreneurs and companies, which creates really interesting connections into our students. Whether you yourself are taking a class and want to create a business, we now have a space for you to move into, test and grow. Um, but more importantly, we're, we're able to incubate a number of what will be large companies and then provide experience for our students, internships, working alongside, learning what that's like before they themselves move into that industry. Uh, interesting. I hadn't so much heard about the, the fashion kind of vertical and 
one of the things that I think is interesting about Austin is the kind of crossover and convergence of the various sectors. We we'd spoken before about CPG, and one was interesting thing is that the fact that a lot of those companies are starting to actually build their products and manufacture their products here. And I'm curious, just given the nature of, of, of fashion, are we seeing that kind of crossover? Is it is it really just the design that we're seeing here, or are you having seen now like, hey, we're actually putting in the you know building out the manufacturing and you know exporting from here? Yeah, it's, it's the scale is relative, but absolutely we are. There's a couple of companies I'm I'm not at liberty to say that are looking at moving from international locations to Austin um, to manufacture that work, and so we're learning about that industry, what the production looks like, where the seamstresses are, where the those that put together fabrics are, and it's wonderful for us because at ACC we've got an incredible program with incredible uh, technology. I didn't realize Gerber is a company that puts together million dollar. Um, equipment that helps you cut and put together pieces in a, in a really quick fashion. But then we're able to help bring in those that want to help lead and do these sorts of designs and create their own studios and create their own brands. They can do that at ACC and roll that out. But then we connect it to the entire ecosystem there that if they really do reach that next level success, they could take that to scale. Um, and so that is what we're seeing put together here, not unlike our film industry or our radio, television, music, all of that. Many don't know that KLRU's new location is at ACC. So we're able to combine our, um, whether we're partnering with South by Southwest or others, we have phenomenal television and radio and film resources at, at Highland as well. And so you can come in and we're now doing the cross-linking of these pieces where we have student projects and professional projects where maybe you've got the music piece, but we're able to bring in our film or our TV or other aspects to do these joint projects. In fact, relevant to this conversation, I'm told we have the only credit level program for podcasting. We've got a podcast studio, which unfortunately I'm not in today. It's at our downtown campus, but we've got a program where if you want to learn how to do what you all do so well, well, we'll help instruct and teach that where this, where this field is going, because it's definitely going to be here for a while. And it is interesting. We, we've talked with some media folks and how podcasting like Austin has suddenly become, you know, one of the big podcasting meccas whether through, you know, serendipity or design, but, you know, you've got Joe Rogan, Tim Ferriss, like Fruitman, you know, all kind of uh, moving here, you know, we'll be up there one of these days, right. In, in that group. Absolutely. Um, so one of the things we, we talked a lot about these different sectors that you guys are going after, how are you, is it all kind of being reactive and seeing what's happening or is it trying to get ahead and saying, okay, this is coming. So we probably need to start thinking about how to help build the pipeline for it before we, we are dealing with a talent gap. Yeah, so that's a great, it's a really great question. The way we've had our best success is we do start out being reactive because we as a community college are not able to generate where industry is going to create jobs. So we will react first to where an industry is coming or moving. So in the most recent case, so let's take Samsung, Tesla, and those, we're customizing very specific programs for individuals who want to go work at Tesla, um, who want to work at Samsung. But then where we are proactive is taking what those companies and those industries need, the talent and the training that they really value, and then scaling that across to the other over a thousand manufacturers in this area that want the same training. So we're proactive on the scale. But first, we have to know what's valued in the labor market. The worst place we could be is asking our students to learn something that they then can't turn into higher wages in the labor market. So we react first to understand where's the labor market at. We do look forward to see what's going to be needed. Then we scale programs so that someone can come to our training 
and be ready and be desired by Tesla, but also go take that to NI, formerly National Instruments, or go take it to Silicon Labs or go take it to any of the companies here and be able to move back and forth and improve their labor market value. And that scale, that working across an industry is actually really, really difficult to do. And it's something I think we're finally starting to get pretty, pretty good at. So we talked about kind of on the demand side, right? Being reactive to what the, the, the companies are, are needing. So who are the students that you typically serve? Is it, you know, ACC straight to employment? Is it people going to four-year adult education? You see the community college model kind of focusing in different ways in, in, in different regions. So really what's the ACC model? Yeah, when you're serving 70,000 people a year, you get to say we're literally serving everyone. So our our demographics look just like the region here in Austin from a, a race, ethnicity um, standpoint, from a gender standpoint, we look like the city. Um, but every industry is very unique and that tends to reflect those industries. We, um, I will highlight our robust K-12 programs. That's a particular area where both industry and this region are very, seen a lot of success where high school students are doing dual credit early college high school programs. And we're now layering in with all of our high school partners. What is the technical training that's engaged with that? So we have hundreds of students every year that will get their associate's degree. And then a week later, they'll get their high school diploma. And to be able to do that, and it's all free, it's completely free to high school students while you're in high school. The next step of this is where students really want to get the technical education if they don't finish that associate's degree. Because it's a lot to ask high school students to do those pieces. We're identifying more and more companies to then provide scholarships to say, well, let's go finish your last semester or your last year. Come work at Samsung. Come work at Indeed or Tesla or NI. We'll pay for you while you're working for us to finish that education and get your associate's degree and then take that next level with us. So those earn and learn pathways is one of our largest focuses. And we can't build those without companies that want to do the same thing. So you've talked a lot about these initiatives kind of roundabout with Tesla, Samsung, NI, can you explain how these kind of partnerships work and how they address the talent pipeline? Yeah, there's there's a couple of ways these work. The, the ones you just named are really good about being proactive, coming to us to say, here's what our hiring demand is going to be. Here's what we need to build. And then we sit down um, and there's either two ways that'll go. Every one of our workforce programs has an industry advisory committee that meets regularly. So for many companies, it's come to that next meeting and under and let's talk about our curriculum. Let's see where it fits and where it doesn't. And that's the best way for us to continue to evolve our training to make sure it's always cutting edge. But a Tesla or a Samsung, the scale of what they want to hire and do, we're going to be able to build some customized programs for them. And that's where we then spend even more time and build curriculum for them. Um, a lot of it, it also comes under you know NDAs and whatnot. So some of the things um, are yet to be released and announced. There's a lot of scale that's going to be coming. Um, but what we did just announce with Tesla was our first training program for them where Tesla is hiring their technicians, the robotics technicians. Their first job once hired by Tesla is to go to ACC for four months and you're going to go to school full time. And so Tesla donated a number of robots. We outfitted a couple of classrooms. We've got a lot of an amazing space for those employees who are now our students to come and do that training and then move into Tesla. And that's a continual program that we will grow. Um, They've also got a high school program that we're working on and several other pieces in in the works. So then once we built that for Tesla, then we then come back to our advisory committees and look at how do our programs need to shift and scale uh, so that we can keep that training and provide avenues to the entire industry. One last piece I'll name there is where it fits well. So here, this is a case where we now have three bachelor's degrees and one of them is the next one will be in this space an engineering technology bachelor's degree. So we start at that entry level. What exactly do you need at Tesla? That's a four month program that will get you almost a first year 
of education, first year of your associate's degree. But many of our companies, Samsung included, has said, we have a lot at the two-year level. We need to get our workforce to that four-year level. We need that next piece that has leadership training, managerial training, some more technical pieces. So we have bachelor's degrees for nursing, our RN to BSN program. We have an IT programming bachelor's degree. This will be our third, our engineering technology. And there's at least two more on the way after that. We talked about this a little bit earlier in the show and hinted that there was more coming. There's no doubt in anybody's mind that over the last two years, the remote everything has become a big deal. It's just grown so much. How is ACC adapting to that environment? And I guess, moreover, how do you see it going forward? Yeah, the... I think how I see it going forward will be the most important part of the question. But I will say first, when the pandemic hit, we had spring break. We took one more week and then we moved all our classes, all 40,000 of those students all online for most of those months to come. Um, and so moving online isn't so much the, the well, that's a giant shift and change, right? The infrastructure and what's needed to do that. The real challenge is doing that well. And that's something where I think we've excelled and we're very proud um, of what we're able to offer to be in person, we all know this is very different than being in remote and, and looking at someone on a screen. So how you provide instruction where you inspire and motivate and really have those insights come through. And for a lot of our workforce programs, it's essential anyway to learn the technical skills. Very few of us want to hire a welder who's never touched a welder, right? There's an art to that you need to do in person. But for digital instruction, we're learning the curriculum changes, the way you teach, all of that, what really makes strong Uh, distance education work really well is a new sort of, we use the fancy term pedagogy. How you teach and connect with students is what we do, but you have to change all of that when you do it online. And that's what our faculty have done a great job and will continue to innovate. We see that in meetings. We all know meetings run well virtually and meetings that are not. Um, And so it's no different for us. But going forward, hybrid education, a mix and taking the best of both worlds is where we're going to be headed, right? Our students miss connecting with peers. We like to be in person. We want to be in life with others and, and at a community college, that community word is part of what we provide. Um, we Our campuses will rival anybody's in the region, but you don't want to go just to a classroom and sit in a chair anymore. You want to be in an environment where you're learning. And I can talk about our, our educational spaces have shifted. But often what we'll do is come once, meet your peers, make real connections and know who you're talking to, know who you're going to build with. But then let's do a lot of the rest that comes online. So you have the flexibility to shift and move. We'll do some of it and at the same time. And we'll do some of it where you can watch on your own. So you have the flexibility to take care of kids or parents or work or whatever your life requires. I think one of the biggest issues going forward is that the soft skills required in workplaces today are, re- are required to be successful in distance learning. And I think you touched on that when you talked about, you know, what meetings work well online and what meetings don't. Garrett, you've got a unique perch to to look at this five county central Texas area to see what's going on and to talk to the people that are making it happen. What do you see as the biggest challenges that we have here in Austin? I think the biggest challenge is we're saying all the right things. We know we're growing fast. We know we're creating divides that need bridges and need connection. Um, We're saying all the right words, but I still feel like we don't really understand how dramatically this region has shifted just in the last two years. I think even five years from now, but certainly 10, we'll look back at this period as a giant jolt that Mm -hmm. then just accelerated the change. And we don't fully grasp 
what that means. And that means we're not fully addressing the scale of the challenges. We know housing affordability is crazy. We know transportation is a new dynamic we don't know how to really address. We've made big investments, actually, in some of these areas. But I don't know if they're at the right scope and scale of what we need to do. And the same applies to us at Austin Community College. We have we have a, a mission and a responsibility to scale our programs. You know, when ACC was created, we were predominantly a transfer institution and we're really good at that transfer work. Students that come to ACC, our largest programs are still those that are transferring to a four-year institution where we're top in the state. Our students that go on to that four-year education outperform students in, that coming from any other institution. But now we're really growing our workforce education for the same reasons, right? A global city needs global investment and in infrastructure. And I get to work on the education and talent pipeline pieces of this. And I hope our only challenge is going to be the scale to which companies are ready to work with us. Um, I have a lot of companies that have really thrived in Austin because they're able to put out job notices and recruit from across the country. And as that starts to change and we need to invest and build, that's a that's a process that a lot of companies haven't spent enough time thinking about. What is my retention rates? Why are individuals leaving? Do I have burnout, which a lot of our industries do? Am I losing talent to other competitors, which a lot of our partners are now newly aware of and worried about? Um, what's retention look like? Who wants to be here? How do I have training and talent pipelines and investment that helps people stay at our companies and thrive? And that's the work that we love doing. Eric, thank you so much. We end our podcast every time with a singular question. What's next, Austin? Next Austin is either a shining golden example of what a global city looks like, or we 50 years from now will be another city where the global interest is shifting somewhere else because they can, and we're left with the level of investment we either did or didn't make. Garrett Rose, Austin Community College District, thank you so much for participating in the Austin Next podcast. Thank you. It's been, it's been an honor. So what's next, Austin? We're glad you've joined us on this journey. Please subscribe at your favorite podcast catcher, leave us a review, and let your colleagues know about us. This will help us grow the podcast and continue bringing you unique interviews and insights. Thanks again for listening, and see you soon.